Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Previously On in association with Sky Atlantic podcast series created to help you through some of the most complex yet brilliant television ever made. Game of Thrones Season 3 We begin in the aftermath of the White Walker attack on the Night's Watch. Sam is saved from a white by his remaining brothers, whose numbers have been severely diminished by the fighting. They begin their long journey back to the Wall, hoping to warn the Seven Kingdoms of the White Walker threat. Elsewhere in the north, John meets King Beyond the Wall, Mance Raider, but initially mistakes him for a fearsome wildling named Tormund Giantsbane. Mance thanks John for killing Corin Halfhand, but questions his motives for joining the wildlings. John lies and says he wants to fight for the side that fights for the living, which satisfies Mance. Sir Davos is rescued from the Battle of Blackwater by his friend Salador Sarn, a pirate who tells Davos Stannis Baratheon, who just lost the battle, refuses to speak to anyone but the Red Witch Melisandre, who is burning those who do not follow the Lord of Light at the stake. Davos is greeted coldly by Stannis. Melisandre blames Davos for losing the battle as he convinced Stannis to leave her behind. At the mention of Davos's son, Mathos, who was killed at Blackwater, he attacks Melisandre and Stannis imprisons him. Rob Stark arrives at Harrenhal, which has just been given to Littlefinger by Joffrey, to find that the Mountain has abandoned the castle after killing the captives inside. There is a single survivor, a man named Kyburn. In King's Landing, Tyrion meets with his father, Tywin, who agrees to acknowledge Tyrion's contribution to the victory at Blackwater, but refuses to name him heir to Casterly Rock, the Lannister's ancestral home. Tywin viciously insults his son, calling Tyrion a penance sent to teach him humility. Hurt by his father's words, Tyrion leaves. Littlefinger tells Sansa he may soon be leaving King's Landing on an assignment and could take Sansa with him. The prostitute Roz warns Shay to have Sansa's back, especially where Littlefinger is concerned. As Joffrey and Marjorie travel through a poor district of King's Landing, Marjorie halts the procession to bring toys to a nearby orphanage. Her affinity for the common people is noted by Joffrey, and at dinner that night he praises her charitable instincts, much to Cersei's annoyance. Over in a new place we've not seen before called Astapor, which is a slaver city in southern Essos, Daenerys is unsure whether she should buy an army of the Unsullied. Now, Unsullied are eunuch soldiers renowned for their loyalty and battle skills, but Daenerys is uncomfortable with owning slaves. 
She meets with a slave owner who insults her repeatedly in Valerian, while his interpreter, a slave named Missande, gives a more charitable translation. He gives Daenerys a day to decide whether to buy the slaves. At the harbour, a child gives Daenerys a ball, but a hooded stranger knocks the gift from her hand. The ball cracks open to reveal a manticore, a deadly scorpion-like insect. The stranger stabs the manticore before it can attack Daenerys, and the child who offered her the ball disappears. Daenerys concludes that the attack was revenge from the warlocks of Karth. The stranger who saved Daenerys is revealed to be Sir Barristan Selmy, former Lord Commander of the Kingsguard, sacked by Joffrey because of his age. The awesome Sir Barristan asks to serve in Daenerys' Queensguard, acknowledging her as the rightful ruler of the Seven Kingdoms. Bran is visited in his dreams by a mysterious young man, who says Bran is the raven he sees in his visions. While camping, the man from the dream appears in real life, introducing himself as Jojen Reed, the son of Ned Stark's friend Howland Reed. After a standoff between Jojen, his sister Mira and Osha, Jojen tells Bran that he's also a seer and they've shared dreams of the Three-Eyed Raven. Jojen believes Bran is a warg and can learn to use his ability to see through the eyes of animals outside of his dreams. At the Stark camp, Rob and Catelyn learn that the soldiers reclaiming Winterfell have found no sign of Bran and Rickon. Rob suggests Theon may have taken the boys back to the Iron Islands as hostages, unaware that Theon himself has been captured by Roose Bolton's bastard. We see Theon suffering prolonged torture, during which a young man tells Theon he's been sent by his sister and will help him escape once the soldiers are asleep. More bad news comes for the Starks with the death of Catelyn's father, Hoster Tully. The Stark forces march to Riverrun to attend the funeral, which angers Rickard Carstark, who sees it as a distraction from the war. On the road, Catelyn tells Talisa that her family's fortune is a curse from the gods, caused by her neglect of Jon Snow. Beyond the wall, Mance Raider takes Jon Snow to meet Oral, a wildling warg who, through the eyes of a raven, witnesses the aftermath of the White Walker attack. Whilst on their way to King's Landing, Jaime Lannister deduces that Brienne was in love with Renly. He confirms that Renly was gay, but reminds her we don't get to choose who we love. He should know. They come across a farmer who recognises Jaime, and Jaime urges Brienne to kill him in case he leads the Starks to them, but she refuses. Marjorie invites Sansa to lunch with her grandmother, Elena, the intelligent and sarcastic matriarch of House Tyrell, and persuades her to confide in them about Joffrey's monstrous cruelty. Joffrey later interrogates Marjorie about her sex life with Renly, and she reveals that he was not interested in the company of women. Armed with new knowledge of Joffrey's sadism, Marjorie manipulates Joffrey by complimenting his new crossbow and appealing to his love of killing. On the road, Arya, Gendry and Hot Pie meet members of the Brotherhood without banners who suspect the group have escaped from Harrenhal. Their leader, Thoros of Myr, takes them to an inn to eat before they set out on the road again. At the inn, they meet another Brotherhood group which has captured the Hound who exposes Arya's true identity. The episode ends with a long-awaited battle after Jaime manages to steal one of Brienne's swords. Just before Brienne subdues Jaime, they're captured by a bannerman of House Bolton. The body of Lord Hoster Tully, Catelyn's father, lies upon a funeral boat drifting slowly along the Trident River. Among those gathered are Rob, Catelyn, Brendan Blackfish Tully, Hoster's younger brother, and Hoster's youngest son, Edmure Tully, who's slightly wet behind the ears. Edmure is tasked with firing the arrow that will light the funeral pyre, but misses the drifting boat three times before a disgusted Brendan pushes him aside and takes the shot himself, walking away immediately as his arrow finds its target behind him. 
Back in Riverrun's meeting room, Rob is angry at Edmure, who he believes has weakened their position with his rash attack on the Lannister army led by the Mountain. The strategy to lure the Lannister armies to the Westerlands now lies in tatters. In King's Landing, the new hand of the King, Tywin Lannister, calls the first meeting of the small council since his arrival. Present are Littlefinger, Varys, Pycelle, Cersei and Tyrion. Tywin is furious that they've still not found his son Jaime and demands action. It's also agreed that Littlefinger will marry Lady Eliza Arryn in a bid to further weaken Rob's position in the war. With Littlefinger to travel to the Vale to woo his future bride, Tyrion is made master of coin. A bit like a treasurer, but the mistakes are a tad more harshly punished. Somewhere deep in the wooded riverlands, Locke and his detachment of Bolton men transport the captured Jamie and Brienne. Bound back to back, the captives talk as they travel. Jamie tells Brienne she'll be raped by the Bolton men and she shouldn't struggle. Brienne quite rightly sets him straight on that. Elsewhere in the Riverlands, at the inn at the crossroads, Arya, Hotpie and Gendry are still with the Brotherhood without banners. Arya spots the Hound and tries to confront him about the last time he was here, where he killed Arya's friend Micah, but the Hound is quickly bundled away. As the trio get ready to leave the inn, Hotpie breaks the news that he'll stay, as payment from the Brotherhood after proving his talent as a cook. North of the Wall, the Wildling army reach the Fist of the First Men, where the White Walkers were, and are greeted by a field of decapitated horses laid out in an extravagant pattern on the ground. John notices it's only horses on the ground, but Oral insists that he saw dead crows of the Night's Watch there earlier. John asks if anyone could have got away. Mance tells him that although possible, dead or alive, they're a long way from home. Mance then tells Tormund to take 20 men, including John, as he knows Castle Black's defences, and climb the wall. He says he'll signal when his own attack is ready by lighting the biggest fire the North has ever seen. Tormund's also told that should John prove to be a traitor, he should chuck him off the wall. Further south, Dior Mormont leads what remains of his Night's Watch to Craster's Keep. Craster begrudgingly allows the men shelter. Sam wanders off from the group, following the sounds of Gilly, the daughter he took a shine to last time, giving birth nearby. A boy is born and to their horror, they realise he'll be sacrificed to the White Walkers. Up north, Theon is aided by a young man who frees him from the dungeon, gives him a horse and tells him to ride east. On the beach at Dragonstone, Stannis believes Melisandre is deserting him as she prepares to leave. He asks for another son, like the one she conjured to kill Renly, to help him kill Joffrey and Rob, but she says he's not strong enough. Stannis reminds her that she told him her magic requires a king's blood. She reveals there are others with his blood and that the Lord of the Light demands sacrifices. Meanwhile, in sunny Astapor, Daenerys, Jorah and Barristan see the Walk of Punishment, where insubordinate slaves are crucified as a warning to others. Daenerys attempts to comfort a slave with water, but the slave only wishes to die. At a meeting with Krasnis Monoclos, the slave owner, Daenerys declares she would like to buy all 8,000 unsullied. This amuses Krasnis, who mockingly asks through his translator Missandei how she thinks she'll pay for them. To her team's alarm, Daenerys offers him a dragon, and she receives the interpreter Missandei as a gift. Things are looking up for Podrick Payne, the squire who saved Tyrion in the Battle of Blackwater, as Tyrion rewards him with three prostitutes. Later, when Podrick returns, he still has all the money for payment, and tells Tyrion and Bronn that the prostitutes wouldn't take it from him. Astounded, Tyrion and Bronn gather round Pod the Rod for info. Podrick Payne clearly has moves. Tyrion discovers that Littlefinger borrowed a lot of money as Master of Coin and that tens of millions are owed to the Iron Bank of Bravos, who will back their enemies if they're not paid back. 
It's worth noting here that the Lannisters' motto is, a Lannister always pays their debts. In the north, Theon realises he's being hunted by his former captors and is knocked from his horse. Just as they're about to rape him, the mysterious man who freed him before deftly kills them all and rescues Theon again. It's night in the Riverlands and as predicted by Jaime, the Bolton men drag Brienne into the bushes to rape her. Jamie tells Locke that she is Brienne of Tarth and her father, Lord Selwyn of Tarth, will pay her ransom in sapphires if she is unharmed. Locke calls his men off. Jamie tries his luck even further, promising vast payment and titles in exchange for his release. Locke has Jamie untied from his bindings, and Jamie thinks he's sorted, but instead is pinned to a chopping block and watches as a carving knife slices through his sword-fighting hand, cutting it clean off. The one-handed Kingslayer's screams fill the night sky. We pick up where we left off, with one-time Hand of the King, Jamie, missing his king of a hand. He rides broken, mocked by his captors. Falling exhausted from his horse, he manages to grab a sword from one of the men, but is quickly beaten. In the north, Bran shares a dream with Jojen that he's running through a forest. They see the three-eyed raven, and Jojen tells Bran he should follow it. As Bran climbs a tree, he sees Catelyn who grabs him and shouts at him to stop climbing, and Bran falls. Elsewhere in the north, Theon is being led through the woods by the same man who freed him from the dungeon and later killed his attackers. They're headed for Deepwood Mott, where the man says Yara, Theon's sister, is waiting for him. Upon entering a passageway into the castle, Theon tells the man he didn't kill the Stark boys. He's then led into the exact same dungeon he was previously freed from and seized by the guards, much to the delight of the clearly insane man who'd earlier pretended to save him. Down in King's Landing, Varys meets the prostitute Roz and learns that Littlefinger may be planning to take Sansa with him when he leaves for the Eyrie. Varys later meets with Olena Martell to share his concerns regarding this. Considering Littlefinger one of the most dangerous men in Westeros, he ponders what power he might have should he marry Sansa, who's the key to the North. Elsewhere, Marjorie and Sansa form the first bonds of friendship. Marjorie tells her that when she's queen, she'd like Sansa to marry her brother Loras. North of the Wall, tensions are even higher than usual at Craster's Keep. Some of the knights watch accuse Craster of keeping the food for himself and his girls. Taking great offence, he grabs a nearby axe and threatens them. All hell breaks loose and Craster is stabbed in the throat by a brother of the Night's Watch. Jor Mormont draws his sword but is betrayed and killed by Rast. Sam flees the mutiny to find Gilly and the baby, and the three of them escape. In the Riverlands, Arya, Gendry and the Hound are taken to the Brotherhood without Banner's hideout. They're met by the leader of the Brotherhood, Beric Dondarrion, previously commanded by Ned to bring the mountain to justice. The Hound is branded a murderer, and despite his argument that he was acting on orders, is sentenced to fight Beric in a trial by combat. Over the sea in Astapor, Daenerys brings Krasnys, the largest of her dragons, Drogon, as payment for the unsullied army. During the exchange, Krasnys insults Daenerys in his native Valyrian tongue again while struggling to control Drogon. When Daenerys responds in fluent Valyrian, this in fact being her mother tongue, Krasnys is left dumbstruck. Daenerys then commands her new army to take Astapor, kill the slavers and soldiers and free every slave they find. Drogon is commanded to kill Krasnys. Daenerys frees the Unsullied from slavery and asks them to fight for her as free men. The army pound their spears on the ground in support and together leave Astapor. We pick things up in the hideout of the Brothers Without Banners, where the Hound prepares to face Beric Dondarrion in a trial by combat. 
Thoros, a fellow member of the Brotherhood and also a Red Priest, following the same religion as Stannis's witch Melisandre, leads a prayer to the Lord of Light as Beric ignites his sword in flame, which not only momentarily scares the Hound, but also looks a little bit brilliant. During the trial, the Hound kills Beric. Thoros runs to his leader and prays over the body. Arya grabs a dagger and tries to kill the Hound herself, but is dragged away. The Hound's victory, however, is short-lived when he hears the voice of Beric and sees his opponent is not only still alive, but seemingly unhurt. Having triumphed in the trial by combat, the Hound is released by the Brotherhood. We head north where the warg Oral knows that there are knights watch patrols along the wall, having seen them through the eyes of his eagle. John is questioned about the men still standing guard and lies that there are a thousand waiting for them at Castle Black. Egret steals John's sword and runs into a cave. When John chases her inside, she takes off all her clothes and asks John to break his vow of celibacy to prove he's no longer a part of the Night's Watch. The pair have sex, and John has lost his virginity to a wildling in a cave beyond the wall. I bet he didn't see that coming. Locke and his party arrive at Harrenhal and deliver Jamie and Brienne to Roos Bolton. Upon hearing that Cersei is still alive following the attack on King's Landing, Jamie collapses. He's taken to see Kyburn, who treats his badly infected stump. Kyburn tells Jamie he was thrown out of the Order of Maesters for carrying out experiments the Order considered a little too bold. That's one way of putting it. In King's Landing, Cersei asks Littlefinger to spy on the Tyrells, who she fears are up to no good. He agrees, but is given a warning that he'd better produce results. Back with the Brotherhood, Gendry breaks the news to Arya that she will go alone from here, as he's decided to stay in Smith for the group. Around the campfire that evening, Beric tells Arya that the Hound did indeed kill him, and Thoros adds that that now makes six times Beric has died and the Lord of Light has brought him back. In River Run there is a bloodshed. Rickard Karstark and his men kill the Lannister boys. A furious Rob throws Rickard into the dungeon and orders the men who assisted in the murder hanged. Rob is encouraged to keep Rickard alive as a prisoner, but refuses and beheads the Lord himself. Davos, imprisoned as a traitor in the Dragonstone Dungeons, is paid a sneaky visit by Shireen, the daughter of Stannis, who has greyscale scarring on the left side of her face. Greyscale is a disease that makes human skin become like stone. Having brought Davos a book and him admitting to her that he can't read, Shireen begins to teach him. In a slightly awkward encounter in the Baths of Harrenhal, Jaime opens up to Brienne about why he killed the Mad King. He explains the king had caches of wildfire hidden throughout King's Landing that would have killed thousands if ignited. And when the Lannister army sacked the city, he killed the Mad King and his pyromancer, who's an alchemist capable of creating wildfire, to save those lives. In Slaver's Bay, Daenerys asks her unsullied army to select a leader, and a soldier named Grey Worm is chosen. She tells the army they're now free to choose their own names, but Grey Worm chooses to keep his, as since his liberation he considers it lucky. The fact it sounds pretty cool is simply an added bonus. Times are tough in River Run for Rob. The Karstark men have left him following the death of their leader, and a new strategy is needed. He plans to attack Casterly Rock, home of the Lannisters, but will first forge an alliance with Walder Frey, whose daughter he was supposed to marry, to replace the deserted soldiers. Down south, Loras sleeps with his new squire and unwittingly divulges information that he's engaged to be married. The squire, who's actually one of Littlefinger's spies, passes on the information to Littlefinger so he can deliver on his mission for Cersei. Tywin later tells Tyrion, in the presence of Cersei, that he is to marry Sansa before she can be wed to Loras. 
Cersei's obvious pleasure at this is short-lived, as Tywin then announces she will marry Loras. Sam, Gilly and the baby are still north of the Wall. Sam shows Gilly the dragonglass dagger he found at the Fist of the First Men. Up north, Jodren has a seizure while sleeping. His sister Mira comforts him and tells the group that they're caused by his visions. When Jojen wakes up, he tells Bran he saw John north of the wall and surrounded by enemies. In camp at the base of the wall, John is with the wildlings as they prepare to climb it. Egret tells him she knows he's still loyal to the Night's Watch, but says it's safe with her. Arya is in the Riverlands with the Brotherhood brushing up on her archery skills when she spots Melisandre and a group of Baratheon soldiers. Thoros greets Melisandre as the pair are old friends and everyone returns to the hideout. Melisandre tells Thoros and Beric that they have someone the Lord of Light needs and her soldiers take Gendry. Arya protests but is powerless. Elsewhere, Theon's nightmare is in full swing. The unknown captor threatens to remove Theon's finger unless he can guess his location and the torturer's true identity. Theon says he must be Rickard Karstark's son. The man tells him he's correct but tells Theon he's also a liar and then flays the skin from his pinky. <laughs> Next, we're back in the Riverlands with Rob as he tries to restore an alliance with House Frey. He meets with two of Walder's sons, his bastard Walder Rivers and Latha Frey. He's told that for an alliance, Walder requires a formal apology from the King in the North, plus Harrenhal and all its lands, and that Edmure marries one of his daughters. Despite Edmure's reluctance, Rob strikes a deal. In Harrenhal, Roose Bolton tells Jamie he'll return him to King's Landing on the promise he tells his father that Jamie's missing hand was nothing to do with him. Brienne, however, will be staying and will be charged with treason. Tywin meets Elena in King's Landing to discuss his proposed marriage of Loras to Cersei. The pair trade insults before Tywin plays the ace hidden up his sleeve. He tells Elena that should she refuse, he will name Loras to the King's Guard, meaning he'll never be allowed to marry or have children. Elena then reluctantly consents. Back on the face of the wall, John and the wildlings continue to climb. The ice cracks, causing an avalanche that kills a group of climbers and leaves John and Egret hanging by their ropes. Oral, attached to the same rope, begins to cut it to free himself. At the last moment, John saves himself and Egret from falling to certain death. Cut to King's Landing, where Tyrion learns from Cersei that it was Joffrey who tried to have him killed at the Battle of Blackwater. Tyrion muses as to the stupidity of his nephew in not simply poisoning him. That way no one would ever know. Varys finds Littlefinger in the throne room and is told he knows of the arrangement to have Ros spy on him. We see Ros murdered in the king's quarters with Joffrey cradling a crossbow. As Littlefinger leaves for the Eyrie on his ship, he's watched by a tearful Sansa who realises her ride out of King's Landing is gone. There are happier times, however, at the Wall where Jon and the Wildlings have reached the top. Jon shows Egret the green lands beyond and the pair kiss. Oh. The wildling party continues south. John bickers with Oral, who tells John he'll never be able to hold on to Egret because he doesn't understand her way of life. Later, Oral declares his love to Egret, surprisingly, and tries to persuade her that John is still loyal to the Night's Watch. The Starks travel to the twins for Edmure's wedding to Rosalind Frey, but are delayed by rain. Catelyn fears Walder Frey will see their late arrival as another insult. Later that night, Talisa tells Rob she's pregnant. At Harrenhal, Jamie visits Brienne in her cell before he leaves for King's Landing and swears he will stand by his promise to return the Stark sisters to Catelyn. Before he sets out with Kyburn and Roose Bolton's guard Steelshanks, Jamie asks Roose to tell Rob that the Lannisters send their regards. In King's Landing, Marjorie comforts Sansa after her unwanted betrothal to Tyrion. 
She advises Sander to make the best of her situation and says that Tyrion may prove to be a good lover given his sexual experience. Tyrion correctly predicts that Shay, the prostitute he's fallen in love with and hidden away, is furious about his future marriage. Tyrion says nothing has to change when he marries and offers to buy Shay a home where she could raise their family. Shay refuses, as she believes Tywin would murder her and their children if he ever learned of their existence, which is probably fair enough. Elsewhere in King's Landing, Tywin asserts his authority over Joffrey and assures his grandson that Daenerys Targaryen is no threat to his rule. On a ship in Blackwater Bay, Melisandre tells Gendry that he is Robert Baratheon's bastard. At the Brotherhood Without Banners camp, Arya is furious that Beric sold Gendry to Melisandre and runs away into the woods before being captured by the Hound. In Essos, Daenerys approaches Yunkai, a slaver city of no strategic value to her. Despite this, Daenerys sends a messenger to tell the Masters that if they don't free and pay Yunkai's slaves, she will ransack the city. In response, the slavers send Daenerys gold and offer her as many ships for her invasion as she needs, but Daenerys refuses this peace offering. Theon, meanwhile, is released from his restraints by two women who begin to pleasure him. His bliss, however, is interrupted by the arrival of Theon's tormentor, who reveals that he ordered the women to seduce Theon. He then orders his guards to hold Theon down and castrates him. On the road to King's Landing, Kyburn tells Jamie that he lost his maester chain after he experimented on living patients. Jamie also learns that Locke intends to use Brienne for his own amusement. He goes back to rescue her and she's been thrown in a pit with a bear armed with only a wooden sword. Jamie jumps into the pit to defend Brienne, forcing Steelshanks to shoot the bear to protect the valuable Lannister. Jamie boosts Brienne out of the pit, who then pulls Jamie to safety with seconds to spare. To Locke's fury, Jamie leaves Harrenhal with Brienne at his side. After a botched attempt on his life, Arya remains the Hound's captive, who reveals he's taking her to the Twins, not King's Landing as Arya had assumed, because he intends to ransom her to Robin Catelyn. Outside Yunkai, Daenerys learns that the slavers have paid a mercenary group called the Second Sons to assassinate her. She meets with three of their leaders and tries to bribe them to fight for her instead. The Second Sons plot to kill Daenerys that night and draw lots to decide who infiltrates the camp. A lieutenant called Dario Naharis is selected. Melisandre brings Gendry to Dragonstone and introduces him to his uncle Stannis. Stannis visits Davos in his cell and informs him of Melisandre's plan to sacrifice Gendry as there's power in a king's blood. Davos is freed on the condition he'll never raise his hand to Melisandre again. In King's Landing, Tyrion and Sansa prepare for their wedding day. Tyrion explains that he didn't ask for the marriage and promises he'll never hurt Sansa, which reassures her a little. At the ceremony, Cersei threatens Marjorie by discussing the reigns of Castamere, a song about Tywin Lannister's destruction of a rival house. Back in Dragonstone, Melisandre seduces Gendry and ties him to his bed before using three leeches to draw Gendry's blood. Stannis burns the leeches as part of a ritual and names his three rivals, Rob Stark, Balon Greyjoy and Joffrey Baratheon. Joffrey threatens to rape Sansa on her wedding night before demanding that the traditional bedding ceremony begin. In response, Tyrion threatens to castrate his nephew King. Tywin declares there's no need for the bedding ceremony and excuses Tyrion's behaviour as simple drunkenness. When they're alone, Tyrion reassures Sansa that he will not sleep with her unless she wants him to and accepts that this may never happen. 
Across the narrow sea, Dario infiltrates Daenerys' camp and sneaks into her tent while she bathes. After revealing himself, Dario tells Daenerys he killed the others because he finds her too beautiful and presents her with their heads before pledging himself and the second sons to Daenerys' service. Beyond the wall, Sam and Gilly stop at an abandoned hut for the night and are attacked by a White Walker who tries to take Gilly's baby. Sam stabs it with the dragonglass dagger he found buried in the snow and much to his surprise, the White Walker disintegrates. Rob and Catelyn Stark plan the capture of Casterly Rock from the Lannisters. They need the extra troops Lord Frey could provide after the coming wedding. At the twins, home of House Frey, the Starks accept bread and salt, a sign of being guests of Lord Frey. The old man offers a sarcastic speech of welcome along with the food, but Rob diplomatically apologises for jilting Lord Frey's daughter, part of their previous agreement. Also heading to the twins for the wedding are Arya and the Hound. Daenerys is outside the walls of Yunkai and sends the dashing Dario, trusty Sejora and Grey Worm in to capture a gate and let the rest of her army in. By morning, the city is hers. Bran and the others spend the night hiding in an abandoned mill near the wall, while nearby, unbeknownst to Bran, his brother John and the wildlings are raiding. Hodor, spooked by the storm, begins to Hodor so loudly that they're in danger of being found. Bran wards into Hodor, taking over his mind and calming him down. Outside the mill, the wildlings capture an old man. Oral, the wildling suspicious of John's loyalties, orders him to execute their captive, but John can't. Egret kills the man for him, and the others move to slay John. Bran wargs into his direwolf and sends it to help. John kills Oral, grabs a horse, and races away, abandoning Egret. In the morning, Bran tells Osher she must take his brother Rickon to the last hearth, home of the Carstarks, while Bran and the others go beyond the wall. Walder Frey has employed all his skills as a wedding planner at the Twins. After Dopey Edmure is wed to a surprisingly attractive Frey daughter, a huge feast is held. The Freys and the Starks are seated together as Edmure is ushered away to bed his new bride. Lord Bolton reveals he's just married a Frey himself, and Talisa and Rob choose to name their unborn child Eddard. As the musicians on the balcony begin to play The Reigns of Castamere, the song mentioned by Cersei previously as celebrating a particularly cruel act of Tywin Lannister, Rob's direwolf, Greywind, starts to howl. Arya and the Hound are stopped at the gates of the twins and refused entry, but Arya sneaks inside anyway. Walder Frey stops the musicians to deliver a speech. He says he's not shown them the hospitality they deserve. Catelyn notices Lord Bolton has put on armour for a wedding feast, slaps him and shouts a warning to Rob. A Frey pulls a knife and stabs Talisa repeatedly in her pregnant belly. The musicians put down their instruments, pull out crossbows and attack. All of the northerners are slaughtered and the Red Wedding has begun. In the castle courtyard, Arya is relieved to see Winterfell men, only to see them immediately killed. Grey Wolf is murdered in his pen, and she tries to enter the hall to reach her mother and brother, but the hound knocks her out and carries her away from the castle to safety. Rob crawls along the floor for his dying wife's last breath. Catelyn seizes a knife and holds the cowering Lady Frey hostage in exchange for escape. Frey only cackles, he can always get a new wife. Lord Bolton drives a dagger into Rob, saying the Lannisters send their regards. Rob calls for his mother one last time before slumping to the floor, and Catelyn screams as she slits Lady Frey's throat. She then stands motionless and catatonic 
as afraid as the same to her. Blimey. Arya and the Hound ride through the aftermath of the Red Wedding. The Stark army is being slaughtered and Rob's body is led out on a horse, his head replaced with that of his dead direwolf. In King's Landing, King Joffrey excitedly announces the death of Rob Stark and wants to serve Rob's head at his wedding feast. When Tyrion reminds him just how many kings seem to be dying at the moment, Joffrey becomes enraged. Lord Tywin sends the king to bed. Tywin explains his role in organising the Red Wedding and suggests Tyrion get to work making a baby with Sansa, who is now the heir to Winterfell. Beneath the Dreadfort, Ramsay Bolton, who strictly speaking should be called Ramsay Snow as he's a bastard of the North like John, renames the freshly castrated Theon Reek. He accepts his new identity. Ramsay has sent the parts of Theon he removed to King Balon and Theon's sister Yara, demanding their surrender. Balon just gives his son up as dead, but Yara leads an expedition to rescue him. Bran and his group are sleeping in an abandoned castle on the wall when ghostly noises emerge from a well in the room. As Sam climbs out, he's knocked to the ground by Mira. He recognises Bran from Jon Snow's descriptions and offers his help. Bran demands he take them north of the wall and never tell anyone they've met. The death of Rob Stark convinces King Stannis that Melisandre's magic using his nephew Gendry's blood is working. He orders Gendry to be sacrificed to ensure his victory. Davos frees Gendry from his cell and puts him in a boat, rowing his way to freedom. Arya and the Hound come across three Freys boasting of their role in the Red Wedding. Arya stabs one to death, forcing the Hound to kill the rest. It's the first man she's killed. She takes out the coin Jack and Hagar gave her and whispers, Valar Magulis. Washing his wounds, Jon Snow is caught by Ygritte, aiming an arrow at him. He tries to reason with her and explain his betrayal, but she shoots at him, hitting him in the back and leg as he escapes. Jon's horse drags his body back to Castle Black on the wall, where Sam treats his wounds. Jamie, Brienne and Kyburn reach King's Landing. Cersei can only stare at her brother's maimed arm. When Stannis finds out Davos freed Gendry, he orders Davos' death. Before he's beheaded, Davos reads a letter sent by the Night's Watch. The letter describes the army of the dead marching on the wall. Melisandre calls this the true war, and now Stannis has a new war to fight. Outside the walls of Yunkai, Daenerys addresses the former slaves of the city. She tells them that she has not given them their freedom, only they can take it for themselves. The crowd begins to chant Misa, their word for mother. Daenerys walks among them as they lift her and reach out for her touch. Thanks for listening. Hope it's been helpful. You can watch every single episode of Game of Thrones seasons 1 to 7 with Sky's ultimate on-demand TV pack. And the final season is coming to Sky Atlantic on the 15th of April. For more details, head over to sky.com. Listen, if you've enjoyed this, I would love it if you subscribed. We've got loads more shows where this came from, and we'd love you to join us for them. If you know someone who needs to get up to speed with Thrones in time for that launch on April the 15th on Sky Atlantic, just send them our way. A five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from would also be absolutely fantastic. If you've got any feedback, have I pronounced a name wrong? I hope I haven't. Or ideas for a show that we should be covering. We'll almost certainly be doing the big ones, but you never know. There may be others that we've missed. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you over on Twitter. You can find us at previous podcast or just email us hello at previouslyon.co.uk previously on is presented by jamie east and is a daft doris production
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 